1: plushcare.com slash weight loss
2: what's going on everybody it's Alex McCarthy here on Alex McCarthy's wrestling daily entirely too bright by the way that was start that was startling I was like, hang on uh, here we are for our Wednesday edition of the wrestling daily as you can see I'm being flanked by a true Hill Heat, the master debater himself, SP3. How are you, brother?
1: I'm doing well, sir. Glad it's a Wednesday. Be back with you. Chat some wrestling, break down the news, and get into a healthy, uh, friendly debate. I
2: said this on the show with Lou yesterday. I'm actually very proud of how this show um, handles topics and debates and conversation because um that's one of the worst things I think about Twitter sometimes is like, if you have a say or you get involved in a topic or you have a hot take, people are so quick to like, not just shoot you down as well. Like it gets insulting. There's no need for that. You'll never get that here on the wrestling daily. That's we welcome all opinions from all walks of life. Um, Just a quick bit of business to take care of. Of course you can, Catch up with you guys on uh, podcast with Apple, Acast, Spotify, and all of that good stuff. Um, if you've missed any episodes thus far, if you're tired of YouTube and their breaks, as I have seen some of you are, then you can catch us on podcast. Uh, you know, get us in your ears, in the bath, on the train. I don't care where, but you can find us. Uh, and also, this is SP3's first show without Super Chats, because we have graduated to Ultra Chats, SP3. you I know you saw... Yesterday. Yeah, there's levels to this, man. Levels. Uh, yeah. Um, so Ultra Chats, for anyone who doesn't know, you need to go to wrestletalk.com forward slash Wrestle2, which is, of course, the home of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily, which you should have liked and shared or subscribed to by now. Um, But if you want to make a donation at that page, wrestletalk.com forward slash Wrestle2, then whatever you do, we will read out on the show. So it's slightly different to Super Chats, not as easy but um, YouTube were robbing us of money, so there you have it. <laughs> that's pretty much the long and short of it. SP3,
1: hey, gotta keep those coins, man. YouTube taking thirty percent? Yeah, that's that's not not fun. We want we want to have it here for you guys.
2: Exactly, exactly. Uh, speaking of YouTube, um, SP3, tell the fine people where they can find you and what you are doing on the Tubist of Views.
1: Yes, you can find me on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We got daily content over there. I have a weekly podcast that comes out on Saturdays where we talk about wrestling news, talk about big-time events, as well as all types of show reviews. True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Check us out. We're about less than 150 subscribers away from 1K. So help us out. Yes.
2: Help your boys out. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely do that. Uh, like I said before, SP3 is the tip of the iceberg there at True Hill. they got some good characters over there, so make sure you do. I've seen you guys kicking off in the chat already. Uh, Chris True, Elizabeth Stallion. I've always wondered about Elizabeth Stallion, man. Like, every time I see her on the show, I'm like, you know, because Megan the Stallion, right? I'm like, is that a shoot name?
1: <laughs> like, it's... That would be dope. <laughs> I know.
2: I, I was thinking, I hope that's her real name. Maybe she'll <laughs> tell us in the chat. Uh, you know, Michael Rivera, Uptown Avondale, CM Chris Sean, uh, Matthew McCoskey. It's, uh, you know, there's several, several good eggs there, man. Elite eggs. Elite good eggs. Elite E-D-E. good eggs. Hashtag E-D-E. E-D-E. That's right. There's several of those popping off in the chats right now. And, of course, Matty, the hot Scott, he's in there too. The Greg Hamilton orchestrator um so many of you have been great for us in the chat thus far and we appreciate your super chats but now we appreciate your ultra chats so uh let's dig into the news sp3 and the first bit of business we need to take care of is apparently roman reigns and his direction now dave Meltzer has been i'm gonna say speculating but you figure it out for yourself what do you think sp3 was he meant to have a long reign wasn't he
1: I, I think we we I haven't seen in a couple of episodes uh the BS o-meter for for this one and I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call BS to to Uncle Dave on this one I, in my Oh, uh, uh,
2: Dave's uh, been called.
1: Cuz cuz it's like if if the plan was for Roman Reigns to become a heel, I don't see how you can't have a long-term uh title reign with him. That's how you further uh take you know build on the momentum of him turning heel is for him to have a long a long uh run with the title even if he was supposed to feud with the fiend i we've seen they have very creative ways to get out of fiend title (laughs) matches in the past and we would have saw that creativity once again when it came to uh when it comes to roman reigns even if it was uh maybe Fiend getting a run for a little bit, and then going right back to Roman, I don't see how the title wouldn't have been on Roman Reigns for a significant amount of time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. so for any of those who don't know, Dave Meltzer has basically said that the original plan for Roman was not to have a lengthy run with the title. Um, I mean, just by the wording, I think he's – Speculating more than knows, um, but nevertheless, you know how things work in the world of Dave Meltzer um, and what happens there. So uh, I, I agree with SP3 in, entirely here. I, I You know, he's the hottest thing in the business is this can't have taken them by surprise. Um, you know, I know that they extended this Jey Uso storyline on, but you can't tell me that he was meant to drop it at the next juncture. I just feel like for a momentous change like this what else would have their plan possibly have been? Like, it, they must have known they were going to be dealt with the hot hand. Roman, Heyman, heel turn for the first time. You cannot tell me that they were like, yeah, you know, and then we'll just stick him in there and, you know, drop the belt to this guy and then, you know, whatever. Like, I don't think that would have helped us all. I think what they're doing with Reigns right now is perfect. He is literally in the best spot possible. I fully expect him to hold it at least until Mania, probably beyond, depending on who the opponent is, There is no reason to take it off him right now. And I do think when we get the fans back in arenas, they're going to be hot as hell for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is something that fans have wanted for over five years now give or give or take four or five years uh it's something that has been built to i mean something that i really feel they should have pulled the trigger on after he defeated undertaker at wrestlemania 33 some people even have it as far back as when he got first got booed out the building when he won the royal rumble all those years ago but it really just makes so much sense for him to have this long run. He has a couple of guys that he can go against, like Daniel O'Brien and Kevin Owens. Of course, a lot of people want him the first to verse The Rock at WrestleMania. If that's not an option, you have a, a star in the making, and big E for him to verse. So there's so many different options for him from now until WrestleMania. I don't see why they would have took the title off of him. I, I get that they still want to push The Fiend, and The Fiend is one of their top stars as well. but is the, the fiend was the hottest thing in wrestling last year the hottest thing in wrestling now is a heel roman and what,
2: and, what, and what did they do to msp3
1: uh they had very creative ways of getting out of hell in a cell matches and of course earlier this year uh goldberg with the jackhammer a suplex defeated him in uh Saudi what a, Arabia. What
2: a, what a suplex though
1: <laughs> because he had one, he popped one good rating on SmackDown. They was like, yeah, let's put the put the title on uh, Goldberg. I do agree with you guys from, I think, what you were talking about yesterday that I do believe, yes, the backup plan is probably Goldberg if they can't get uh, The Rock. I know a lot mm-hmm. of us want Big E to be that option if they can't get The Rock, but I just don't see them seeing what we see. In Biggie, like we we've talked about before, visic man doesn't always have the same foresight that we have as fans. I'm not saying that we're right all the time. I'm not saying that he's right all the time or wrong all the time. But I just don't see him seeing in Biggie what we all see. So I think that mm-hmm. Goldberg is more likely of a plan than Biggie. Yeah, hope
2: well, someone must see it in Big E. That's my that's the hope that I keep telling myself, SP three, because they've made this plan for him. So I'm gonna believe it. Um it's great, by the way, to see uh some some uh, more good eggs in the chat. Carol wands is in the building. Nice to see you, you good egg. Also, Elizabeth Stallion tells us that it is
1: indeed her shoot name.
2: Wow. There you go. What a name. That's a great wrestler name.
1: Get in that- training. Matt Riddle would have you as, as, uh, his tag team partner for sure. Yeah.
2: You might not want that. Um, I mean, you might, you might not. Good good point. Yeah. (laughs) Great name though. No, I will stand by that forever. Um, so yeah, I, I, think I, I said this yesterday, I feel like the rock is the guy. It makes all the sense in the world. You hear the right things from The Rock talking about it on YouTube. You hear the right things from Roman as far back as Mania 37 announcement uh, earlier this year. um, The story lends itself to it. I do think that them putting Goldberg in the Thunderdome for the title match with Braun Strowman is like a little Easter egg that something's going to happen down the line. Whether that is WrestleMania or not, I I mean, I wouldn't mind Roman running straight through Goldberg. I'll take that. Uh, and by running through him, I mean running through him. None of this, <laughs> none of this Goldberg has anything in Malarkey. No, just go, just Reigns absolutely squashing him. I'll take that. But I mean, you know, it, I think Reigns beats Rock or Goldberg either. or, he's going yeah. over both of them. I mean, Rock has basically already said that he'd put him over. So unless that there was going to be like a two or three match series, and the, you know, a bit like the Cedar thing where Rock gets the first win, then I don't believe that Reigns loses. And I think the same for Big E and it wouldn't actually hurt Big E that much to get his first shot on the big stage. And then he has to kind of regroup and it's the underdog story. And eventually he gets there. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, you know, they're talking about fans coming back after WrestleMania. It's going to be really, really hard for Roman Reigns to be a heel. Once that happens. Very, very difficult. If it continues the way it is right now, everyone is loving Roman Reigns. So Yeah. It's going to be an interesting one, Um, but either way, you know, we've just said it there ourselves. There's three or four fairly interesting picks and they range from, you know, name value to just what we as hardcore fans would like to see. So I think, you know, it's, it's it's all there for Roman. I don't know if the person who should, you know, who would get the biggest rub from defeating like mega heel Roman has even manifested itself yet. I don't know if we've seen, you know, I don't know if Big E has kind of got to that stage yet where we're all begging for it to happen. I hope it's that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, obviously, I what I'm saying is, we'll have to get closer to WrestleMania season to really figure that out. Because as you know, this time last year, we didn't realize Drew was going to be the guy to knock off Brock Lesnar. Th-
1: that is true. He came uh, kind of. I mean, there was like talk and you could see that they were still protecting Drew, but it wasn't like seen like until like maybe January to the buildup to the Royal Rumble that he became a legitimate contender to win there and move on to verse Brock at WrestleMania. So you're absolutely right that maybe the person that's going to come out and get the and deserves that rub of defeating the tribal chief Roman Reigns Hasn't come out the woodwork yet. They really haven't capitalized on the momentum that Big E had coming out of the Sheamus feud, which I thought was really good to kind of establish him in the upper mid card of single stars. But they really haven't capitalized on that. It's all been about his reaction to the New Day being on Raw and kind of being this vehicle to push the New Day versus Street Profits feud in the lead up to Survivor Series. Hopefully he is the last member of Team SmackDown and we can see him have kind of his, B, his uh, Keith Lee moment in being the star of this year's 5-on-5. Five five. So I'm, I'm holding out hope. We got one more SmackDown before Survivor Series. So that's my one wish. Mm, it's very interesting,
2: the upper echelon. It really is because, you know, Drew McIntyre and, and Roman on SmackDown last week, I felt that that had the real superstar aura that you don't always get when like two people come together and you're like, oh, like, you know, I I really want to see this. And I know we've seen it before, but not in this incarnation or these iterations of those characters where they're both on different sides of the fences. Um, I don't know how they worked their way back to that, but Roman and Drew to me is a big money match. Interesting that triple H likened it to rock Austin. Like, you know, if he's thinking that way, how many others are inside WWE? Like it's clear that they obviously do, see those two guys as their biggest stars. And I think Drew is, and I made this argument with Louis yesterday. He got eviscerated by the way, Um, that Drew is indeed like, I I feel like he's gone up notches and him dropping the belt to Randy has actually helped him in terms of the character and giving him direction. Um, I think he's stronger for it and it's given him a big moment, which we got on Raw, that he probably needed in his reign. Because, you know, SP3, we've had this debate before, man. He's had a couple of feuds, and although they were very good, if you're a wrestling fan watching them, are they like big milestone moments? Maybe not. Yeah. So I feel like you know the Monday night Monday night title change was a big moment for Drew, but um, yeah, it like I said, there's tons of options, and we've said it there too. Brock Lesnar's got to return at some point, you know, and whatever what they do with him, he, I mean that that leaves you in this predicament because natural the natural progression would be that he comes back to Drew, is it not?
1: Yeah, but there's also the story there with Roman being aligned with Paul Heyman, and ah. we, could, we could potentially, for the first time in five years, see Brock in the babyface role. So that there's there's a whole bunch of potential. For Brock when he returns, but I was with you. I do agree that um Drew had to lose the the title in this feud with Orton. I just wish it came sooner. Like Orton had all this momentum going into SummerSlam. I think we talked prior to SummerSlam, and I said this is Orton's greatest year ever. And he needed that big win at SummerSlam when he still had momentum. And it would have we would have had longer to kind of develop this whole chase with uh, Drew because I felt like the, the three-week chase of Orton was almost as good as his run uh, in his feud against Brock prior to WrestleMania because he got so much out of his character and it became a new layer added to his babyface character. So I just wish it would have happened sooner. If not at SummerSlam, at Clash of Champions, could have been there and we could have had like a whole month before Drew got back the title. I still think all along it was going to happen the week before Survivor Series because this is now 3 years and not in a row because they didn't do the title versus title match last year but 3 out of 4 years that the WWE title has changed hands right before Survivor Series so I feel like this was the plan all along and Brings us back to a previous report. I don't know if it was by Wrestling Observer or not, but they said it was supposed to be Drew versus Roman at Survivor Series all the way back when Drew was originally the champion. Should have stuck by your guns. So we didn't have to pull out the BSO meter there either. Like, (laughs) they just said, oh, you know, Drew's going to win it back. That's the plan. That's what they've been talking about because it, it winded up being that way. And I agree these two felt like superstars and it felt like the first legitimate build that we got to survivor series this past uh friday on smackdown Mm. although
2: i I do kind of agree with um yeah i think we said this when predicting before the pay-per-views actually come around and it was like who's gonna win this one because there were so many series of matches and the way it was all playing out it was just a bit like man if randy doesn't win soon and he didn't, and it was like, okay. And they carried on, and he did, and it was like, oh, okay, like you know, you just didn't quite know what was happening. But I still feel like it's fine the way it's worked out. I'm, I'm very happy the way it's worked out for Drew. I think he's upper level compared to when he had the title beforehand. I don't think it's hurt him whatsoever to lose it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. they could have, they could have, maybe they could have done it in a different order, but I'm not going to be too picky on that because at the end of the day, I still think we are where we are now and everyone's better for it, although. You could argue Randy Orton's not better for it, but at the same time, it doesn't hurt him to get another reign under the belt. Because at the moment, really for him, his gimmick, as he kind of mentions it, it really is just the numbers. Like, you know, (laughs) if he he gets to 16, it's not going to be like because of long reigns, is it? It's going to be, you know, like Charlotte, Charlotte Flair jobs, you know, where well Charlotte's last three or four reigns anyway.
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash/host.
2: Um, anyway, we're nearly 20 minutes in the show, and we haven't done an ultra chat, so let's get some of those out in the open now. Matthew McCoskey is going to open up the show tonight. How are you doing, my good friend? While talking about NXT tonight, I have a few scenarios I'd like to share. Okay, Dave. What if Alistair Black being denied is a work Mm. and (laughs) and interrupts Finn Balor? Cross also interrupts another is a scenario with the women's. However, I ran out of space. I'll do another. Thanks, lads, for reading and sharing your thoughts. Well, I'll carry on Matthew McCoskey's thoughts here. The women's one is exactly the same. To Louis, uh, EO retains tonight. Rhea wins Rumble. Charlotte wins title soon. Maybe Rumble. Pay-per-view is Charlotte versus Rhea with Rhea winning the title. Other idea is to have Rhea win tonight and EO win Rumble to challenge Oscar at Mania. I'm the one who said that, Matthew. Not Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Me. What is this? My Give great it. ideas, these are. Come
1: on, man. Giving credit to Louis. <laughs>
2: yeah. God damn it, Prodigy! He's got enough. He's got enough on his plate right now. Don't you? Don't give that man more. Um, yeah, I mean, the first part is interesting. I just don't think it's a work, unfortunately. The Alistair Black stuff. Um, it'd be, you know, it'd be nice if they then parlayed that into a work that would benefit him and do something. Um, Louis, you said it after I said it. Don't make me get the footage back yesterday. All right. Um, yeah. Um, so I think. It's it's one of those where if, if Finn Balor's going back tonight, I think I saw Ryan Satin say something like this online earlier. It'd be cool if Karrion Cross came back too, and they like could pick that up and and whatnot. Otherwise, you'd have to question how long Cross is going to be out for and what program they're going to put with Balor in the interim, which I'm not totally sure. I would I would imagine looking at the promos that Cross has put out, you've seen them on Twitter SP3. Yeah. I would imagine I'd imagine. He's not far off at all, so one would think that that program would be the next. As for the women, ah oh man, I love Yoshirai. Um, well, you know, I just took the men's one, so SB three man, um, give us your thoughts.
1: I, I like, I like what your your guys thinking. Whoever it was, Louis <laughs> or you. Uh, rhea ripley versus charlotte flair i think there was a lot left in their feud where you can pick it back up with rhea winning the royal rumble and versus charlotte at wrestlemania i just want shayna baszler to get her time in the sun like i feel like she should have beaten becky at wrestlemania 36 i will stand by it i've been talking about it for eight months and i will stand by it to this day that shayna baszler should have beat becky Lynch at wrestlemania 36 she was hot coming into on coming on to Raw with the whole vampire gimmick biting a chunk out of uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch. Well, no, saying that was hot. <laughs> You're not that was hot that was great that was great it was awesome it was awesome to me i don't care what anybody says i didn't I, hate it but you can't tell me it was red hot Come maybe, on. maybe it's because my wife has been forcing me to watch vampire diaries but it's man, that's, that was great in my opinion Shayna of mazer and it just it, it was logical for Shayna the feud with becky following becky's uh star making feud with ronda rousey and the connection to ronda and Shayna, which i really feel they didn't really uh harp on enough in the in the build-up to their feud but i think that shayna and charlotte would give us something completely different they were the final two in the royal rumble last year so i can even see a scenario where they're the final two again and shayna eliminates charlotte and then charlotte after royal rumble eventually wins the Raw women's championship from oscar to set up charlotte versus shayna so I think that that's a new feud that they can build off of. I don't know necessarily who plays the babyface, but with no, if there is no fans at WrestleMania, it doesn't really matter if it's babyface versus heel. It can be heel versus heel and still give us a great match. Hmm.
2: Um, I mean, when I think about Shayna, I don't know. I can't get. it. you know what I'm gonna say. I can't get it out of my head. I want her and Oscar. I think the story yeah. is there like for that and then the fact that I haven't visited yet and done it um you know it's on the table it's a big match there and there's a lot of history the the promo package is right there man you know if you you can make four or five really good women's matches this year if you wanted to i don't know um you know you don't necessarily need the title involved for oscar and Shayna. you know awesome. you, you, you you can you can have the just the history of, you know, the with NXT and their heritage and the champions that they were and all of that stuff. You could you could have that. I would like to see Rhea Ripley. I said this yesterday. I'd like to see Rhea Ripley, the story come full circle of her winning the main roster world title. I don't want to see her do it and then win the NXT title. I want yeah. to see it graduate and elevate her as part of the story. And I feel for that, that I agree with Mikoski that you have Rhea win the Rumble, Charlotte is the champion and she targets Charlotte and says, I have to write that wrong. Because there's so many people out there that were upset with the way that things went down in that feud. It would only make sense. There'd be a lot of attention there. And then you've still got Sasha and you've still got Bailey, and you've still got all of these other matches that you can make a ton of talented women. I I, I just think that's three top tier matches you've got there. And then in NXT, you've still got, you have to imagine Tony Storm is being, her trajectory is towards Io Shirai. You have to imagine. Um, So I, yeah, I I think Io keeps it for now and Rhea's focus should be on whenever Charlotte comes back. We've talked about this before. Charlotte is meant to be back before the end of the year towards Rumble season. Um, So even if it's Rhea eliminating Charlotte in the Rumble call, but I would would think the best part of that story would be Rhea actually dethroning Charlotte. So however that can happen, i'm cool i just think that there's a lot of different ways you can go about it with a lot of women and you can't lose really like i said yeah. there's so many different combinations you're just banking on wwe to get it right um which is not always the case because you know at the moment they've got to focus on lana not sure what the direction is there other than getting beaten up by nia let unless like one day she's just gonna like squat nia Jax and and like drop her through the table and we're all gonna be like oh my god like that would like, be awesome seen like a uh, big show-esque mania 20 like you know we'll be like whoa look at long go um you know that'd go over to be fair but um
1: that would be cool I mean I do I do think Io Shirai is going to win tonight I'm just very surprised that this match is happening so soon I feel like this is a takeover match and in Really got me, has me wondering if they are gonna do a takeover in December. What's the the women's championship match? Are they, are they gonna go to Ember Moon? Or are they gonna go to Tony Storm? When both of them have taken losses really quick after uh, them their return. Like I know we always talk about NXT has the best women's division, but the booking of those two, especially so close to their return at Takeover Thirty One, it has me very confused on where they're going.
2: Yeah um i I totally agree it's just like i mean that's the thing nxt have got options too and you know we hear rumors of you know debuts and signings and things of that nature they might pivot in a different direction like that but um i think i think EO tonight that's my sticking my neck out i think EO retains um there's there's massive matches in her future as well i just again unless this would be the season to get it off her the same way they got it off shana last year do you know what I mean yeah this this would be the way to do it if you wanted to put her into a program like maybe Oscar and EO is attractive to them I mean it is don't I'm not saying that like it's not it is but it I mean is. I'm just thinking from the WWE perspective if they were to jettison her to the main roster that would be the natural one and then you also have to think Charlotte Flair was put out by Nia Jax we're all kind of forgetting that so when mm-hmm. she comes back presumably that's where she would pick up would be with nia Jax, who is also tagging with Shayna Bazer right now so how does that all play into it but i just think yeah there's what we want and then there's what will probably happen
1: um absolutely <laughs> let's <laughs>
2: let's, uh, let's look at the next ultra chat it's from cm chris a good brother of three everyone's one uh top tier egg good evening alex and sp3 can't wait to see what AEW Dynamite will give us tonight and see what happens. By the way, thank you for your time and effort you put into Wrestling Daily. Alex and sp 3 is a really great egg as well. EGE hashtag. You've got it over. You've got it over, <laughs> sp 3 He's done it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Dynamite tonight, sp 3 I mean, like I said, I think it's probably the best weekly show going. And it seems like some stuff went down in Vegas, and I'm intrigued.
1: It seems like we're going to get a hangover-type parody out of their whole Vegas trip, which, yeah. I, based on their their track record, I can't wait to see what we got in store. But there's this is a stacked lineup, once again, for Dynamite. I feel like I say this every single week when we know a couple of matches. They just continue to give us stacked lineups. And I've been really liking the build to this week's Dynamite. I don't know if you've seen on their Twitter with the old-school Mid-Atlantic uh, yeah, promos. Yeah. From Cody and Ricky. Very, very NWA-ish, by the way. Yes, yes, very. Because you got to- you got Tony Schiavone there, so it's it's mm. it just uh, axes for those comparisons. It's a great nostalgia trip for uh, you know us old school wrestling fans. But I think the the tag team main event with uh, Darby and Cody versus Team Taz is going to be really good. I'm really looking forward to Young Bucks versus Top Flight. I've seen Top Flight uh, after the GCW Collective. That was my first time seeing them, and they have a lot of talent, and they do remind me of a very young young uh semi-green but very talented uh version of the young bucks when they when they first came in and I first discovered them like 10 11 years ago it kind of kind of see see that mirroring and I think it's going to be a really good match that elevates them
2: interestingly too FTR were the guys that got top flight their gig in AEW that's what they told me in the interview the other week and lest we forget the man himself Pac Is back doing business tonight, man. Um, very excited to see him and uh yeah. I again I feel like AEW, they've got multiple avenues right now. Like I said this the other day for SmackDown. They've the reason they've been on fire for the most part, you've got Roman and you've got Banks and Bailey, and that was kind of like the pillars of the show, and everything else around it was just working. But for Dynamite, again, like you said, you've got the tag division, you've got what's going on with the inner circle, you've got um like cody and and his ongoing narrative you've got Paige and omega like they've got so many good narratives that are threading the story and it's only two hours like it's it, to me is that that's exactly what you're looking for but and we know. got
1: some moxley omega uh contract signing which based on their track record with contract signings i think is going to be an entertaining uh segment i think the last contract signing if i if i'm not mistaken was uh cody and chris jericho over a year ago when jericho had the pumpkin the pumpkin suit on and they broke uh dustin's arm in the limo so they have a good track record with that i think it's going to be a good segment and i'm looking forward to omega and moxley uh in two weeks
2: i'm sure it's going to be a contract signing full of decorum um i'm (laughs) sure it is bo hill another good egg how you doing brother um elite good egg sorry pardon me e.g Uh, yeah, Bo Hill, <laughs> hot take. The best Undertaker HBK match wasn't Mania 25 or 26. It was Bad Blood 97. First Helena sell Hill Sean at his best. Great build to the match with HBK Taker and Brett. and the debut of one of the biggest stars of all. Wow, of all time, Kane uh, ripping off the cage door. Um, Bo Hill. i mean a lot of
1: people consider it the greatest hell so ever sp3 i can i agree with that the original was the best i i don't know if i go as far as to say it's the best taker in hbk match i feel like wrestlemania 25 and bad blood they kind of go neck and neck if i did it today maybe i would put wrestlemania 25 ahead if i wake up tomorrow i might put bad blood ahead i think what what Bo said though makes a lot of sense because so many things transpired and how impactful it was. They put over that stipulation. We had one of the greatest debuts of all time with Kane there and then the brutality. It felt like a real fight, had a great buildup going into it, and the Hell in a Cell made sense because Sean kept running away from Undertaker. You had the great match at Ground Zero that really set it up where they went to a no contest and fought all over the building. So it's so many great things to remember about that. And I think that it doesn't get enough credit. I will say that, though.
2: Yeah, uh, well, it's, it's, it's right, because it's like remembered for almost for Kane exclusively. Like yeah. In this day and age, people will go like, oh, that's when Kane debuted because it was um the climax and the new dawn of the story that everyone had been so intrigued by. And then when you actually laid eyes on him, it was like, oh my God, look at this guy. He's huge. And like, you know, we've, we've been over this. Or so I was doing it on Twitter last week. Kane was jacked back then. <laughs> Jacked, maybe. <laughs> um, he, he was huge. And it, it, it was just the most compelling story of the modern era, I think. So for me, Mania 25 is really hard to beat, like just in a pure match and the stage uh, and everything that came into it, like the streak. And then you've got um, Michaels being Mr. WrestleMania. All of that stuff kind of made the perfect cocktail for me. But that's just my taste and by no means am I um, bestowing that opinion on everyone else uh, you can all have your own takes on that I I, I would go 25 Helena cell 26 that would be my podium of those three matches um, but I understand if anyone changes those around to be honest um Helena cell being the first of any kind by the way is really hard um, and to just for that to stand the test of time is it's pretty incredible all things considered um we've got another ultra chat and it's from the stallion herself. Lizzie the stallion,
1: stallion.
2: <laughs> Lizzie, Lizzie, on the beat. Uh, she, uh, she says, had to ultra chat just to pass on SB three offer regarding a tag team with Riddle. Uh she's passed, mate. I'm afraid SB three. Oh. No one wants to see that. Plus, I'm clumsy as f, so I would be injured in seconds. Um, I'm sure that's the real reason, Elizabeth. That's fine. You've left. You've left this tag team with your head held high don't worry you you'd make a great valet you know great you manager yeah you could spit bars for me on the way to the ring I'll take it
1: the next sensational sherry
2: sure I mean <laughs> I, when I <laughs> I didn't expect to say spit bars and you follow up with sensational sherry um <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I just remember her and Kurt angle go like I'm just a sexy girl. She's,
1: sexy
0: girl! <laughs> I'll
2: make your ankles
0: hurt <laughs> and <I'm
2: the> <laughs> she was she was howling into that microphone it was
1: tremendous that was Uh, great that's one of my favorite smackdown moments ever so so
2: amazing i was at um kurt angles induction because it was in orlando i think it was anyway one of the two years i was there and um Yeah, he did the whole bit of, like, I'll make your ankles out. And the whole arena was like,
1: ankles hurt."
2: Everyone was digging it, man. So good. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, let's uh, pivot back to some news. Before SB3 and I give you a mild debate, um, we're open, by the way, as I should say at this juncture, your Super Chats have been awesome. No, they haven't. Your Ultra Chats have been awesome. And we welcome them all show. um, Because, as you know, it's debate day on Wednesdays. And anytime you want to give a topic... To SB3 and I, feel free to ultra-chat it to us and we will get it cracking. Um, but tonight, we are actually going to do who is the Mount Rushmore of Undertaker opponents in his legendary 30-year career? Now, me and SB3 have already, ahead of time, agreed that Shawn Michaels belongs on there, that Kane belongs on there. Who is the other one we agreed on? Our oh, Brock. Um, and Brock Lesnar, right? Yeah. And then there's a bit of an impasse at who the last spot should be at. And it's kind of a three-way between Triple H. uh, I gave an honourable mention to Edge. And Mankind is SP3's pick. So we will get to that shortly. Um, But, yeah, before we do that, let's jump into a bit of news. Let's keep the people on tenderhooks, SP3. You know how we do it around here, brother. Um, I mean, that. It's very difficult to talk about kind of mania plans and what's in the offing and which direction WWE are going to go. Right. In terms of we've seen in the past few days, they're talking about Edge SP3 um, and when he's going to return. Now, I feel like what would factor into Edge and what he's doing WrestleMania season, he didn't get. Sorry, I've just seen the greatest quote ever from Rocket Strapper. Get Maven on the Mount Rushmore of Undertaker opponents.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. One of the greatest Raw rubble moments in history.
2: I shouldn't be on this show for 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 forgetting that. (laughs) Heinous, (laughs) heinous from me. Uh, Heinous.
1: Yeah, it really
2: is (laughs) terrible. Um, And Louis says Goldberg. Of course he does.
1: That that's the that's the the, the foe of Mount like the bottom, the bottom leader. That's right.
2: We went from Maven, we went from the dizzy heights of Maven to Louis. Come on, man! um Joan Gonzalez, uh, Michael yes. Rivera has said we it's can do this money. all day.
1: He's got it's some. Ter- money, yes.
2: Yeah, hide and man. We can do this all day. Come on. Uh,
1: <laughs> Oh anyway, goodness.
2: what I was leading towards before I was derailed by these tremendous comments <laughs> um, was the plans for for the big event next year. Edge's big comeback. He got the sh- the amazing elation of the Royal Rumble, but then his WrestleMania return did not get that. We're seeing today, and I'm <laughs> I was just about to say Jericho's famous last words. I'm no political guy, but um we've seen that the vaccines, I think in England we it was on BBC News today, 94% it works for people in the in the the, ma- the major danger area of over 60s, 95% overall the vaccine works they're reporting right now. So um it's looking good why do i still have that comment um it's looking good for the vaccine towards the end of the year right now um uh, you know i'm just saying that based on what i've read i know nothing um but it looks like if that is all implemented by the new year and whatnot then we could be in in for a, a packed out mania who, who knows if, if the vaccine is worldwide and distributable um so wrestle votes are actually saying that WWE kind of have some plans uh, on this note. The newest plan now is to have Thunderdome shows at the Tropicana Field in Tampa, starting mid-December through Mania season. Fans at the Royal Rumble is still possible, potentially even at the Tropicana TV, uh, Tampa Bay, I'm assuming. Um, WWE is hoping to start traditional live arena shows with fans the night after WrestleMania. Now, that would obviously lead us to believe that Mania would also be uh, packed out And let me just find that. That mania would be packed out too, um, to a degree at least, before going back to their regular schedule afterwards. So that seems like quite promising signs, SP three. And it kind of lines up with the what we're seeing in the I'm gonna call the real news. Um what do you think, man? Do you think it's a go? Do you think it's a wise idea? Where do you think we're at?
1: Um not necessarily a wise idea, but I think that it is in the pipeline. I think they're definitely gonna have some fan present at the Raw Rumble. I think I was I was watching uh, Raw Rumble 1996 uh, for yeah. a, a review. Yeah, a review I do on True Heat YouTube channel. I was watching that one, and I was watching with my wife, and we both were saying like, imagine the Raw Rumble with with the fans not counting down that ten, nine, eight. Like it would just. If I hear piped in of that, it's just like, I'm gonna lose a bit of my soul, like, (laughs) 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 So, so. I think that uh, WWE and, of course, Vince McMahon is going to want some type of fan presence for that show. But most especially, like, the latest I think it's going to happen is WrestleMania. WrestleMania, they're not going to go back-to-back years with no fans. Even the Thunderdome as a replacement, I don't see that in Vince McMahon's eyes being suitable or enough for him. or
2: yes, That's the word you're looking for.
1: So suffice, thank you. Yes, I don't. I don't think that's going to be enough for Vince. So it's gonna. It, we're gonna have some type of fans, even if it's twenty percent capacity, thirty percent capacity, in some shape or form. We're gonna have fans at WrestleMania this year, mm, or this year. So, I think
2: so too. So what are we saying for WrestleVotes? Is it yellow? Is it green? Do we think they're bang on the money?
1: I, I Russell votes has a great uh, track record. And of course our very own, one of the elite good eggs, Jobber JJ is Russell votes. So right. I'm going to give him a, a green.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We can't, yeah, we can't go across. <laughs> we can't, we can't uh, belittle Jobber JJ and his, his tremendous work. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean that let's, let's get talking about taking then. Cause this Sunday, of course it is the final farewell for all intents and purposes, whether it is or not, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> whether it is or not, um, the Undertaker is scheduled to have his final farewell. BSK, the Bone Street crew are going to be in the house, apparently. Um, and you know, if you don't know who they are, then please look it up because it is tremendously funny. Um, the gang the Undertaker had, and some of the stories he had about that. I think he's, he said he's, he's <laughs> he he said your casino on fire accidentally once when they were playing cards. That was on um, the last ride series, I think he told that. Story. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. um.
2: So it's, uh, it's very cool, man, and he's going to you know be given the, the tribute. I believe Kurt Angle was also going to be in the house, reports suggest. So WWE are clearly going to give him that kind of big tribute moment. I remember they gave Foley that, and they gave Ric Flair. They've had a few different guys um, get that kind of – well, it's normally with fans, right? That's the, that's the only downside. But um, Undertaker is going to be wheeled out there. I <sighs> don't know if that will lead into a Hall of Fame induction. Um, it has to be Kane that inducts him, right?
1: Um. Yeah. Vin-
2: yeah if, if there was ever one, it was to be Vince. By the way.
1: Yes. Yes. I, if if not if not Vince, then definitely Kane. Um. Yeah. It has it has to be Kane. It's got to be Kane. That's got. That's <laughs> that, that's got to be Kane. Um. Yeah.
2: I. I think. Yeah. I think it would be Kane. To be frank, especially after the documentary they dropped up this uh, this weekend. But um. I like that one. We've already spoken about it, right? Shawn Michaels, Brock. Uh, there's some guys that are just cemented alongside Kane, of course, as uh, legendary opponents for Taker. Now, the thing with Brock, I guess, apart from how brutal they were, is that it spanned generations, right? Brock's first and last run. And they, they, you know, man, that first hell of the cell was heinous. Um, no Whoa. mercy. That is brutal stuff. Um, and then, of course, you know, Shawn Michaels again. We, we touched on this earlier, why he, same as Kane. So now let's make the argument. For who else should take that last spot? Um, SB3, I will let you kick it off as the reigning debater champion. Um, mankind, tell me why.
1: Uh, mankind, because it put mankind on the map, it put Mick Foley on a different level in the WWF at that time like the the first time that Mankind defeated the Undertaker at the 1996 King of the Ring it told everybody that the WWF were really going to get behind him in a way that they didn't get that WCW didn't get behind the Cactus Jack character Cactus Jack had a lot of great feuds in WCW whether it was against Sting or Vader but he never got that signature win that was that signature win for mankind when he jumped over to the WWF and then it expanded further than that. We had the boil the boiler room brawl, yes. which which was a was a pioneer of so many all it, it's really one of the pioneers of cinematic matches, if you really think about it, of outside the ring type of matches like that. It wasn't filmed, it was filmed live, so that's a difference than it was from cinematic, but it's those outside the 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 ring type of matches that we saw during the hardcore era that we see now that it all started with the boiler room brawl and it had one of the biggest heel turns that i remember as a kid with paul vera turning his back on the undertaker and siding with mankind it Mm. then went another level to probably the most famous match in professional wrestling history which was king of the ring 1998 two years after that signature win of mankind they put they put wrestling on another level that it, it was talked about by sports casters. It was talked about, it became another level of mainstream during the hottest time in professional wrestling history, which was the Attitude Era. And if you, if you ask anybody to put on a match that's going to make someone really fall in love with wrestling or really look at wrestling and say, no, that's real. It's that match. <laughs> it's yeah. That match. Yeah it's a bit of but, a special circumstance I'd say. <laughs> but yeah all right but this this feud i don't think that you can really like if there's any like type of must-see matchups in the undertaker's career he has two of them with mankind i i like triple h as an option and i, I didn't really think about it until you said it but that's really the latter half of the undertaker's career they had matches before the wrestlemania 27 and 28 matches but they weren't really that memorable uh, other than the, the the fight around the arena with the referee knocked out for 20 minutes at mm. WrestleMania 17. But that's like the latter half of Undertaker's uh, career when he was already established as a legend. I think a lot of the legend of The Undertaker was established with that feud with Mankind. So that's why he's on my Mount Rushmore.
2: Yeah, um, I just have to say before I jump into my my side of this, uh Mod My Lady Lou it has to be mankind. I say this all the time. I was at 98 King of the Ring, and the match wow. is the one that everyone always knows and remembers. That's amazing. I would love to have <laughs> been awesome. there. That is amazing. I'm staggered. Like, I've always thought that. Like, imagine being in the arena when Foley goes flying, I'd have been like, what the hell is going on? Like, (laughs) like, I don't think people now, you know, especially like young guys, um, you know, I can't speak for Louis, but for instance, he's grown up in a different era. So to watch back at that, there must be some people that are like, I don't know if um, the shock factor is the same because time has moved on so much, but like, certainly at that time, obviously I was like 10. I was like, like, Jesus, is he he dead? (laughs) I was like, oh my God, like, it doesn't (laughs) I mean, it doesn't look like there's much padding there. I was like, you know what I mean? You're trying to work out. Like, I mean, that looks pretty bad. Um, and then, like, you know, whatever was going on with his nose and stuff. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, mankind is 1,000% is a deserving uh, person on that list. I mean, any reason I considered Triple H, uh, you know, we, we talk about it. There's not many people that have a trilogy at WrestleMania. Not many. I don't think other than Rock and Austin and Triple H and Taker, there are any. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Um, I'm I'm gonna have to get back. to I got to think about that. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, I've said that without doing the appropriate research, but I'm just I'm ass- there can't be many if there is yeah. any. Um, other than that, I know Hogan. Like he's probably I don't know. He might have been involved with the same people and I don't, do you know what I mean? But but yeah. just three singles matches. Um, there's not many at WrestleMania, and I and I do think that is something in itself. Um, the, the first one is kind of underrated, I think, between Triple H and Takeout because it's, it on the, it's on the 17 that's got Rock Austin TLC. It's kind of like the forgotten match. Um, but again, you talk about making people. This is at a time where Triple H was written. Re- like, I, you know, you might argue that he really rose the year 18 months before, but at the same time, he was just cementing his spot here. From there, we get the two man power trip of Triple H and, um, Austin working with Kane and Taker, which spanned like three pay per views, really good stuff. Um, helped a different iteration of Taker. The American badass debuted in the Iron Man from Taker, uh, from Triple H and Rock, and, and was trying to cost Triple H, but, um, of course, ended up costing the Rock because Shawn Michaels is a down the line referee, damn it. Um, so you, when you actually talk about the history and stuff, like there's more to Triple H and Taker than I think people actually give credit to. Um, and that's before we obviously moved to the spectacles that were the WrestleMania matches towards the latter end of their career. Now, of course you made the point yourself. They're already established and stuff, but still if we're talking about the quality of matches. I don't think it's too much to say the triple H had better matches with undertaker than mankind did. I know he had that good one at King of the ring, but as amazing as King of the ring 98 is, I mean, it's not, really a, a wrestling match it's like a, it's like a you know it's, it's a murder <laughs> basically <laughs> um uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to knock it in any kind of way because obviously it's it's um it's one of my f- favorite memories which probably is a sick thing to say in wrestling um but at the same time i think you have to judge it by you know putting on that match you know shock factor and actually putting on an amazing match gets people invested they're two different things right yeah. um, so I, I think for Triple H. To tell that story and the way it tied in with Shawn Michaels and, and that was like a great three, four year stretch for Undertaker at WrestleMania. It didn't seem to get as good before or after that for him. Do you know what I mean? That was it. Yeah. That was like the period where it really peaked the streak and the streak was told as an amazing story. The first one with Triple H where it's like Triple H beat him so bad and it was like, and he somehow like pulled it out of the bag, and everyone was like, wow, that was a bit weird. But then going into the second one, hell in a cell, everyone's like, well, what's going to happen this time? Like, is, is, is Undertaker on his last leg? And it did give him that extra bit of juice, which I think carried him. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there is merits to saying what Undertaker did with Triple H from a story perspective and what it helped enhance their careers and their legacies on the biggest stage. You could say it means more, what he did with Triple H. You could say that. Um, because I think if you take out the like unbelievable, <laughs> I, can't, I can't actually find the words to think of mankind nearly dying. Um, <laughs> if you take that out, I, I think it's lopsided for Triple H, right? And that's and that's kind of a you can't that's a weird argument to make because it happened at the end of the day. But yeah. I think that, that memorable moment. Um, I think they're two kind of different feuds that you would you would respect. So for me, like the one of the first things I think of when I think of Undertaker is mankind and what happened there. And the same thing as mankind. Exactly. They're, they're like the first things that come to your mind. So in that regard, you have to kind of say that mankind deserves his spot, but I'm just saying you have to put respect on Triple H's name. He did some great work with the Undertaker.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you, you even can go back further than that when they were part of the corporate ministry, although that didn't last too long. Do you remember that on
2: Raw though, when they were like beginning to implode? Yes. and um and it was like the corporate they corporate and to me together like two weeks and then it, and then it was like oh there's a triple threat and oh they're mad because the rock one and it was like man uh man this isn't gonna last long is it but this is,
1: is gone on for like 10 days yeah
2: and that was like but they were de- you could tell that they were like desperate to try and make triple h but yeah there you
1: go yeah yeah but they they have a very long history but like i said like like the WrestleMania 17, although I really enjoyed that match. It's a forgettable match on one of the greatest cards ever. Not not to its fault, not to his fault at all. It's only because of the greatness of Rock versus uh, Austin and the TLC too. But it's really all about those final two matches. And in my opinion, it's, that is just an extension of the Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker feud more than it's about Triple H versus The Undertaker. I love those matches, and I think they are great. But it all is really an extension of that feud, and they made that perfectly clear with the build-up to 28 with getting Shawn Michaels involved at the, as the special guest referee. I nothing, will give nothing wrong with that, though. No, no, also, no,
2: no. And also what I would say to that, um, I felt like although that what you're right at the same time, they made it about the Attitude Era and the, the end of an era, which really didn't end, as we know, in Saudi Arabia. Um, but I could, did notice that I left the Saudi Arabia tag
1: match out of my argument. Notice that. Um, I, I should I should say, you have to put in that. Like, if you're <laughs> going to take away the King of the Ring from my argument, you got to put in the Saudi Arabia yeah. to your argument. And then it, <laughs> we're pretty much right Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't
2: think, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's like, kicking. That's kicking a man. Um, but you're right, though. Like, I mean, the, the whole end of an era thing. I felt like, you know, it. It's not uh, to me. The second match isn't so much about Shawn Michaels, but he's an important part of it. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I also, you know, you have to talk about that the mankind Undertaker feud. It went two years from '96 to to '98, and there was a lot more than just that Hell in a Cell match the first ever boiler room brawl you also had the first ever buried alive match like it, the undertaker getting turned on by paul Berra. there was a lot of layers to that and i think because it was 24 years ago we can forget about a lot of the stuff that was involved in that but it, it spanned over two calendar years and it became mm. a part of so many other different stories it became a part of the undertaker and kane storyline when they finally teamed up together who did they beat up mankind when uh, it became a part of the Austin versus Undertaker story. So, so many different stories in both guys' career over that two-year span involved them interacting with one another. So, I just think that it's a part of the their legends a lot more than those two WrestleMania matches really extended the legends. It made it, it I will say that it put them on, like, a main event, like, well, they were already at a main event level, but it really established that they were like legends of WrestleMania lore with the WrestleMania 27 and WrestleMania 28. And I will give it all the credit in the world. The two greatest near falls of the entire streak is Triple H uh tombstone-ing, uh The Undertaker at 27, yeah. and yeah. the pen, the uh su- the sweet chip music into the pentagreed at WrestleMania 28? There's that none the better.
2: That is the greatest near fall. Because I, I was hooked and Sinker. I was like, oh my god, it's done. Like, oh my god, he's done it. And you, you know, I've some someone who thinks I know things. Um, but man, I I was I was like and Sinker. I think you're right though, like with um I mean what happened to Boiler Brawl matches, all right? <laughs> Where did they go? Where I don't did know. they go? They, they they literally died out in like the year two thousand. It was like nah we've had enough of those. They're like they're like four in a year, and they went nah, no more. Um, yeah, I i, I like I said, I I think man, it, 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 again, like we, we're we kind of putting ourselves in the hole by saying it has to be four. But um, I, I think just the the moment itself with mankind is kind of worth so much that you it's very hard to look past it. Um, another quick one before we tie a bow on that and get to some ultra chats. Um, Kane, did you prefer him? Teaming with or against Undertaker?
1: I was going to say going against until I saw the uh, the documentary with those two guys talking about. And I remember how awesome it was when they first got together. Like, it was just even the tease um in the buildup to WrestleMania 14 when uh Kane was just trying to get uh Undertaker into a false sense of security and he helped him out against DX uh prior to Raw Rumble 98. I remember as a kid being so excited like yes the brothers are teaming up together. I was only like 10 years old I was like yes this is great like they're teaming up they're a family so I, I just got that nostalgia <laughs> <They're a family. laughs> I got that nostalgia feel just watching it back and I was like yeah they, they were just they their greatness to together just exceeded them going against each other. Because when you really think about it, they never really had a great match. They, they had good matches. They had memorable matches. But great in ring work? No, they, it was never about that. It was all about the story. So I feel like them together was better.
2: Yeah, I preferred them together. Um, And and I don't think it's because they never really had, like, a classic together. It was more about, like you just said, the story was really – like, their story is arguably, in terms of, like, layers and, uh, and, you know, the characters involved, arguably the best WWE has ever made. You could argue that. Um, But in terms of, like, the in-ring delivery – Maybe it, I don't know, it, it maybe they never hit the high note they wanted. Let's not say they had bad matches, right? I'm just saying that maybe it maybe didn't hit the, the heights that the story was at. Um, yeah. I just loved them as a team in 2001. The brothers of destruction were like, I was so high on them. Like, I remember when Chronic came down, <laughs> Chronic came down <laughs> with Stevie Richards and cost them the belts. So I was like, Chronic. <laughs> Who? What? Why? No, I was, and then like they absolutely annihilated them, in, like the next pay per view, I was like, okay. And then it went to um, DDP and Canyon.
1: Oh man, I was, I was just about to bring that up. Like I was like, it. Cr- Kane and Undertaker were so great together that as a kid, I didn't realize how badly they squashed DDP and Canyon yeah, like like a squash, right? That's <laughs> not
2: like Canyon and DDP do nothing but get absolutely annihilated the whole match. Like, and um, and don't get me wrong, like I, when I used to watch Brother Destruction, I, was like, oh, I I I just loved them because it was like they they were they looked cool. They you know they were badass in the ring. Like, who could feasibly beat them? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, realistically, no one. Uh, and then you what? put them in, you put them into arguably the greatest era of tag team wrestling with Edge and Christian and the Dudleys. And uh, yeah, it was magic. It was magic. And then you even had the two man power trip, like I mentioned earlier. I, yeah, I loved them as a team. Much prefer that was the highest point for me um, as Kane and Undertaker. I just, I was a big fan. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to say uh, mankind deserves the spot there. Um on the Mount Rushmore. I still didn't really concede the shield point last week, but
1: I'm it's gonna okay. give... we, we could call that we could call that a wash. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> give
2: I'm gonna, I, we're, we're gonna say it's 2-0. All right, we're gonna say 2-0 <laughs> sp3. I refuse to concede the other one. 201. Two, um, there you go. Ah, uh, look who look who's popped up SP3.
1: Chris G says, did someone say chronic? <laughs> and Jabronis he had to come when we said chronic.
2: I like to think he wasn't listening, he wasn't watching, and then his phone like gave him an alert and he was like, oh, like, damn. <laughs> right, let's, oh, do some, let's do some old chats, man. We've got three in the tank before we wind things down here. Chris Petru, how you doing, brother? Another very good egg of the show. Hbk was involved in the first WWE. Uh, WWF ladder, Iron Man, Helena Cell, and Elimination Chamber matches—a true pioneer for sure. Chris Peru, you will get uh, Patru even. You will get no arguments from myself, and I and I suspect sb three either. Um, and, and I said this the other night on my radio show, Talk Sport on Mondays. Man, he Michaels won the Elimination Chamber right in two thousand and two, and that's the last time he was world champ. Yep, and then he retires nine years later. Nine years they had him on the roster, right? And and what what's what's mad about that is that he was like constantly in the title picture, like you know, like when he'd gone against Cena, and he uh, you know he was constantly number one contender matches, and people never got bored. Like yeah, he's not going to win, is he? Like no one got bored. No, I think I he, should, he
1: should have had another run. 2007 against Randy Orton where he couldn't use sweet chin music. That's a very underrated uh, matchup in Randy Orton's career. And it really established Orton as the champion and top guy at the time.
2: Yeah. I I, I think uh, Michael's, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying. Guy's a pioneer. Absolute legend. um, Truly Truly, I hold him in terms of uh, as an in-ring performer as high as anybody has ever been. Um, man, he should have had another world title run. That's bugging me. Uh, let's <laughs> let's have a look at the ultra. Because by the way, before I move on, because it's because now you know what, your cogs you, get turning when you think about something. He only had that belt for like a month too. Yes, <laughs> before he dropped it again. I think I, I think he had like a total match on Raw with like RVD. I want to say. Yeah. Um. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then, like, literally about the next month, I think Triple H had it back. I was like, oh, come on. Um, there you have it. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> uh, Matty, the hot Scott. Hey, Alex and SP3. I've been thinking about new impressions for you all. Listen, man, I've already nailed Greg Hamilton. I've already he killed did. it. All you right? won. Um, Yeah, I need to win something around here, SP3. It's meant to be my show. Um Watch this space. I'm all for fans at WrestleMania. I don't want another one with no fans, to be honest. But a packed-out crowd, no thanks this year, to be honest. Ed needs his WrestleMania moment. I mean, you've took me in a lot of directions there, Matty, the hot Scott. Um, Obviously, I'd prefer it with fans. i prefer wrestling full stop with fans, Um, as long as it can be done safely. If this vaccine comes to fruition and it doesn't somehow kill us all with long-term effects and it actually is safe and sorted out, then why not, I guess, you know? let's do it um can't live in this uh sheltered way forever but i'm you know at the same time i'm not going to do it at anyone's expense either
1: yeah i mean i i want there to be some type of fan presence at wrestlemania but it has to be done safely and wwe has had their troubles and their issues with protecting their staff and um, competitors during this whole period i'm just hoping that they get everything smoothed over. They still, you know, uh, apparently have this ongoing investigation uh, going on as far as like the performance center and places like that. I'm just hoping they get all of that squared away before WrestleMania, so we can have fans in there. Absolutely, uh, Michael Rivera says hot take. Sure, Michael's is one of the best wrestlers ever. I take. Hate- <laughs> that, yeah, that's
2: pipe, that's fresh. That's hot. That's fresh out the kettle. <laughs> Michael, you. I know what you're doing. You. Um, Ultra chat from George. I mean, I wondered where you were. There you are, George. Good to see you, man. Uh, with the anniversary of the debut of the Shield, what is your favourite match? Mine was Elimination Chamber two thousand and fourteen. Am I right in thinking that's with the Wyatt family? Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. yeah. That is, man, that's good. I'm, I mean, the man, the two they had with Evolution were really, really good. Um, the one where Rollins comes off the like a yeah, you know, like the arena entrance way. I can't remember yeah. which one the first that was or one was extreme rules. No, no, no. Yeah. The
1: entrance way, the entrance way was payback. He came out of the stands at extreme rules.
2: Right. There you go. Um, either way, I, I hmm, that's really hard because if you remember the WrestleMania match that got given was the returning new age outlaws and and Kane, I believe. Am, am I right in saying that it was Kane yeah. the third time? Like You have the S.H.I.E.L.D., who are red hot, and you give them that.
1: And that was only only to build up the following night when they eventually turned babyface. But it's just like, you could have gave us Wyatt Family versus S.H.I.E.L.D. at WrestleMania. We didn't need Bray Wyatt to lose to John Cena at WrestleMania 30. You could have saved that for after WrestleMania if that was what what was going to happen. You should have gave us Shield versus the Wyatt family at WrestleMania. That is definitely up there, but I'm going to go with their debut match against Team Hell No and Ryback because that's the match that really put them on the map and said that WWE was going to take them seriously.
2: Yeah, I agree. For me, it's a tough split between the debut and um, the Evolution matches, because I do feel like the Evolution matches primed them for the solo runs that was about to embark on after that. So, yeah, you could definitely make that argument. Right, We've run over by five minutes, but... Who cares when the uh, the elite good eggs are dropping us in hot takes like that. Um, so thank you very much, guys, um, for your time again tonight. You've been excellent in the comments. The Ultra Chats have been great. SP3 comes through again and debates to death and he gets the dub. That's what he does. Um, so if you want to see more SP3, of course you do. Why wouldn't you? Of course you can get him. On his own YouTube channel, True Hill Heat. But he'll be here every single Wednesday with me, and we'll be debating a topic in wrestling. So please, guys, hit us up on Twitter and the stream, whatever. Give us something to debate, because um, I'm sure even if we don't really disagree, we will. And um, Steph Chase will be back tomorrow. She'll be with me at 8 p.m. to discuss all things Wednesday Night Wars. You can get all of us, SB3, Steph Chase, uh, Louis Dangor, the whole ensemble. You can catch up with all of us on podcast and, of course, here on YouTube. So thank you very much once again, guys. Make sure you subscribe to Wrestle2. Uh, I've been Alex McCarvey. He's been the wonderful SP3. And we thank you very much for joining us.